But it starts at baptism. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Thus making fire integral to our lives of faithfulness. Being salted with fire leads faithful disciples to grow in wisdom. These fires are the crises that inevitably occur in our lives. They can be purifying or they can be destructive. They can shape us for better, refining us and leading us into greater knowledge of God's wisdom. Or they can lead us down paths of destruction and judgment. A deeply painful marriage that ultimately leads to divorce can still become a source of rich new life for those who learn how they contributed to the failure. A political dispute that fractures the relationship between longtime Christian friends can still become a source of new life when the friends see that the gospel transcends political views. These and many other metaphorical fires in our lives challenge us to reflect on our experiences and look for opportunities to grow in wisdom rather than succumbing to the destructive wisdom of the world. One major fire that has salted everyone is the ubiquitous fire of the COVID-19 pandemic. It has exposed with ever greater clarity the harsh effects of tribalism sweeping over us as everything about COVID has become partisan. On a systemic level, COVID has exposed biased age-old social structures that contribute to its disproportionate harmful effects among racial and ethnic communities. Similarly, the pandemic has also exposed systemic inequality in workplace attitudes and practices. Many of us with stable, office-centric jobs could safely isolate at home and continue to work productively, while those deemed essential workers were forced to take greater risks by continuing with in-person work for the common good. Healthcare personnel, <coughs> grocery employees, teachers, meat and poultry packers, and first responders all had to put their health and lives on the line to make sure the rest of us endured safely. And many, if not most of these essential workers are some of the lowest paid people in our national workforce. The pandemic has salted everyone with fire. How we respond will demonstrate whether that fire has purified us or will continue to destroy us. On an individual, more personal level, the pandemic has provided space and time for many of us to reimagine how work fits into a high quality life. That relationship of work to quality of life was addressed recently in a New York Times essay written by Jonathan Malesich, 
According to Malesich, a former academic with a PhD in religious studies, the pandemic has reminded us that human beings exist to do more than just work. His conclusion resonated with my own experience. As an aging member of the workforce, COVID has given me time to consider how I would like to spend the remaining productive years of my life. Malesich also, however, critiques some American views on work. He argues that work sits at the heart of Americans' vision of human flourishing. He contends that work has become our highest good and that people only count if they work for pay. As a corrective to these views, he advocates that we should begin with the idea that each person has dignity whether they work or not. Your job or lack of one doesn't define your human worth, he says. Of course, his corrective tracks our own Christian perspective. We proclaim that all people are created in the image and likeness of God. This alone is the source of our human dignity and worth. And it's the starting point for partnering with God to build a world with flourishing human life. The pandemic has illuminated the dignity and the crucial roles of so many people who serve the common good without any pay at all. A family member who stays out of the workforce to care for elderly parents or a disabled family member. A parent who foregoes work to stay home and care for the children. Volunteers who stand for hours at the local food bank to pass out food to people who can't afford to buy food. All these folks have value and dignity whether they are paid or not. I don't begin to have the answers to the big questions of how to value people's worth economically. I do think, however, that there are ways that we as individuals can reflect on our experiences of salting by fire and grow in wisdom about these issues. To facilitate this reflection on the pandemic's personal impacts, the New York Times invited its readers to complete the following two sentences. First, I am never going back to, then you fill in the blank. <laughs> Question number two, I resolve to fill in the blank. People's responses highlighted how they were growing in wisdom in the context of their own working lives. Here are a few examples. I'm never going back to being the last parent to pick up my child at school. <laughs> I'm never going back to sending work-related emails after dinner and on weekends. I resolve to remember my boundaries. No is a complete sentence. I resolve to put my work second. Oh, I see pointing going on. 
I resolve to put my work second. My family and I come first from now on. How would you complete those two sentences after reflecting on your own COVID experiences? Your responses will be a first good step for turning your own salting with fire into the genesis of growth in divine wisdom. In today's gospel, Jesus builds on this metaphor. He says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. He implies a profound connection between salt, that is to say, wisdom, and peace in the wider community. Communal peace is within our reach if we are salted with a purifying fire. Through that purifying fire, we learn from our experiences and grow in wisdom, the wisdom that flows from God, the giver of all good gifts. The COVID pandemic has salted everyone with fire. The choice is ours. We can choose the path to destruction by refusing to reflect and learn from our COVID experience. Or we can choose the path to wisdom by letting that experience shape new attitudes and new actions. The flourishing of God's world depends on which path we choose. Amen. Amen.